sports yak. Oh One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here. And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Jack. Sports Jack. It's Sports Jack. Welcome, everybody, to episode 98 of Disney Plus Reviews. I'm Phil Souza, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host. It's hero time. It's Grant Youngsma. How's it going, Grant? Great, Phil. You, you, are- you know when you need a hero, you can always call me. <laughs> I, I thought about, um, you know, he's the beauty to my beast, or like, I don't know. I, I couldn't think of like a really great intro for this episode, to be honest. Like, yeah. that, this is the best I could, I could do. Okay. There's not like a, this isn't like a funny movie, so there's not like you know lots of like funny material to pull from or any like anything any quotable quotes are like true of the original movie Mm -hmm. too so yeah i hear you it's the best i could do uh if you're just joining us for this podcast we're an unofficial disney plus podcast reviewing the most popular stuff on disney plus uh we've got a um kind of race to 100 here in the the next couple episodes um episode 100 is going to be a big a big episode i um i think i teased it on the the last episode that we recorded but um planning on having jack ultimate uh, back who helped us uh start the podcast obviously um you know 100 almost 100 episodes ago mm-hmm. so it'd be me grant and, and jack for that and then um uh let's see is it next next no what, what are we planning for next week eternals non-spoiler all right but no gu- no guest right no that's right okay yeah so yeah i'm excited about the the eternals um as we mentioned last week and if this is your first episode you didn't hear us say this uh we are not going to spoil the the eternals next week so for episode 99 we will be doing as grant said a non-spoiler review um we know not everyone has a chance to see it right when the movie comes out uh probably a lot of our friends probably won't have seen it like i don't want to spoil it for anybody so uh we promise we won't spoil the movie uh if you don't have a chance to see it it's okay Obviously, everyone's going to get get a chance to see it come you know January, February, whenever they're bringing it to Disney Plus. Um, or is it coming? Did they accelerate this one? I have is no this, idea. This is one of the forty. Yeah, it's it's the forty five day. day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'll actually be out by like I guess Christmas or whatever. Um, so you'll you'll get to watch it you know pretty soon anyways. But we will definitely give you our thoughts on the movie. We're very excited to see it here in a few days as we record this. So um, the big movie for today is Beauty and the Beast. Um, it's a first watch for me, and this is the 2017 remake, not the yeah. original, of course. And I'd never seen it till today. I literally watched it today, um, so I've got a lot of thoughts on it. And Grant um, has seen it before. Uh, Caitlin, I'm assuming this is like the original movie is her favorite Disney movie. Grant's wife, probably, yeah. So um, I, I'll be interested to, if she's not on the show today, but like I would. I know you know a lot of her thoughts on this remake, so mm-hmm. I'm interested to kind of hear some of her thoughts as well now that I've had a chance to see it. But uh, before we get into the movie, we'd like to do Disney Plus News of the Week. Uh, Grant, what did you see of interest over this last week? What do you want to talk about? Um, well, last week we got a 
trailer for the new Lightyear movie. Um, it's really a teaser trailer. Um, I feel like Pixar is very notorious for releasing these type of trailers that don't really tell you much about the episode or what's going to happen in the movie. Yeah. Um, but besides that, I would say the only other thing that they really point out is it's really not Buzz Lightyear as a space ranger, I don't think. I think it's more a take of Buzz Lightyear as an astronaut. Oh, yeah. So I'm interested to see what happens with that. Yeah, so I, I surprised my, my wife and, and five-year-old had not seen the trailer. They, did, they didn't mm-hmm. even know the trailer had come out. And so I just threw it on the TV with like no introduction at all. I was like, hey, you guys need to watch this. So I put it on and um, like, I immediately looked at Jessica and she was kind of like, wait, is that is this like Buzz Lightyear? And I was like, yeah, they're making it like a, you know, a live act, this, you know, their, their version of live action, you mm-hmm. know, like Buzz Lightyear. Um, and she's like, so, but that's not the toy Buzz Lightyear. And I was like, no, like, you know how Woody is like based on like Woody's roundup gang, mm-hmm. like this, you know, um, 1950s style movie or whatever, yep. or a TV show rather. This is basically like the movie that the toy was based off of. Um, and so, yeah, it's very different. I mean, it looks way different than Toy Story. Like, yeah, it's going for more. For sure. Did you get a sense that it's more of a serious mm-hmm. tone? There's some funny stuff in the in the teaser as well. But. Yeah. Um, I just feel like a lot of it is probably going to be new-ish. So I don't think they're really going to give much away. Yeah. I mean, maybe I would say if we're going to get like a more in-depth trailer, I feel like all like big movies in-depth trailers usually come out on the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. So I would say we probably will get maybe one more in-depth trailer where probably get some plot ideas. But I feel like um, Pixar is notorious for not really giving away too much of the movie. Um, did they have a date at the end of the trailer? I can't remember if they said 2022 or... It is 2022, but they did not have a date. But usually um, with Pixar movies, um, it comes out mid-June. That's around the Pixar date. Yeah. Like around the 20th or so. I thought about not showing it to my five-year-old because whenever she sees one of these, she's like, daddy, can we go see that? Is that coming out next week? We're like, yeah. uh, no, it's like minimum seven months from now, maybe more. <laughs> but but the good news, Phil, is in a couple weeks, she'll probably forget about the trailer. Oh, she totally will. Yeah. Um, I kind of wonder what they're going to do for toys. Like they have to put, release some like McDonald's or like, yeah. so there's going to be some kind of toy tie in for this, but like, we've already had the toy version of yeah. <laughs> Buzz Lightyear. So that's kind of interesting. I'm, 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 I'm intrigued to see what they do. Like other cast members in the movie, I'm sure we'll get other toys based off of them or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is more like watching the tra- trailer. Like it gave me more like Incredibles vibe than, than toy story. Like this is like, they're trying to tell a story about th- this team, you know, of astronauts or whatever. Um, we see some like, you know, silly antics of, you know, like the, the cat thing or robot thing or whatever. Yeah. Um, and you know, him being silly, but I, I would not be surprised at all if this movie is actually kind of serious, like, mm-hmm. um, more of an action, actiony kind of movie. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, maybe it's, you know, it's, it's still the, 
to be determined. But what do you think? So Chris Evans mm-hmm. is the voice of Buzz Lightyear. Buzz Lightyear, yep. Um, what do you think about that? That's so. That's I mean, obviously the obvious choice would have been um, Tim. Um, Tim Allen. Tim Allen. Yeah, but they didn't bring him back for this. What do you um, think about that? I feel like it was probably a smart move by Tim Allen. I I feel like at this point in his career, he was probably ready to move on. Yeah. So I'm interested to see. Um, I mean, Chris Evans really didn't say anything in this trailer. So they didn't really give much away about what the Chris Evans voice will sound like. Yeah, doesn't he only say one word? Because at the very end, that girl says to infinity, and then he says and, but then they cut off, right? So he says the word and, I think, Mm -hmm. in the trailer. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he sounds as the voice of Buzz Lightyear. Um, I kind of like that it's not the same voice actor, just because like in this world, this false world that Andy lives in that doesn't actually exist, you could see the toy not having the same voice as their ac- actual actor. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. they're doing the best they can with a voice box or whatever. And so like, I th- I'm sure he's going to try to put on like a Buzz Lightyear voice, like yeah. try to sound like Tim Allen. You would think so. But obviously put his own kind of lifelike spin, spin on, on it. it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I was, I was actually pretty intrigued by the trailer. Um, it's so far off and there's so little in the trailer that it's, you know, you kind of have to like keep your hype level down, like as mm-hmm. real, after you watch it. I would agree with that. Um, but I, I did think about the trailer after watching it. Like I was like, mm-hmm. okay, like I'm, I'm on board for that. That's that sounds like a lot of, a lot of fun. Yeah. So I'm very interested to see what this, what they do with this one because the last Pixar movie was like straight to Disney Plus that we we got, and I just, I just don't see that happening with this one. Like I think they want to make a lot of box office with this, but maybe it'll be like day and date, you know, released in theaters and Disney plus at the same time. But yeah. For premier access. Yeah. Maybe. And who knows what like theaters in the world will, will look like, but you know, by next summer, but um, yeah, I have to think that they're going to, they're want to, they're going to want to get as much cash out of this thing as they can. You and they think? can, they can get a lot. Like I, I see kids going to this movie over and over again. Um, especially boys. Like I, I think this, I think girls will be intrigued by it. Obviously Jordan wants to see it immediately. Um, you know, my, my daughter wants to see it, but, uh, I think a lot of boys are really going to be interested in like this space faring, yeah. you know, sci-fi movie. Like um, Pixar really hasn't done sci-fi as, as much. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, it should be a good one. I think. Speaking of sci-fi, my story of the week uh, this week is um, the book of Boba Fett trailer. So mm-hmm. both of our both of our news stories are our trailers, but um, wow, uh, it came as we're recording this. It came out today. Yep. Um, it's this they're so whatever they're doing is like they have the secret sauce down and at this point they're just churning out stuff that is just it's just gonna land with me like i don't know i haven't seen any like reaction videos or anything like that based on the book of boba fett trailer that came out today as we're recording this on monday but boy like i just watching that thing and watching you know um fennec shan and uh, Boba Fett and then like all the like alien creatures and stuff that you've seen from all the Star Wars movies yeah. like it just hit me right in the feels and I was just like yes yes I like I love this I love everything about this um, I love that it's it, it is definitely going to be like CD Underworld like mm-hmm. it is going to feel way different than the Mandalorian even though it's live action and has some of the same main characters in it 
Um, so I'm, I'm on board, man. I can't wait. Um, it's coming out, you know, fairly soon. It's, it's going to be hard to wait the seven more weeks or whatever that we have. But, um, the fact that, you know, we're in November now as of today and, and it's coming out next at the end of next month. I'm like, okay, cool. Like that, that was like the right timing for a trailer like that. So, um, I know like you don't get as jazzed about star Wars stuff. I know you love the Mandalorian. What, what were your reaction to it? Um, it looks very action packed. Um, I feel like you'll definitely get introduced to new characters yeah. or at least characters that you haven't known their name before. Um, and I feel like a lot of it will be relatively new and it'll be a deep dive into what uh, happened to Boba Fett all those years between the Mandalorian and when else we saw him in... Uh, Return of the Jedi. So I right, feel like yeah. it'll fill in some time gaps from there. Yeah, I would love to see some flashback stuff. Um, does this tie into the Mandalorian at all? Like, I, I doubt it. Yeah, I I, I mean, I haven't, again, I haven't read anything. I don't know if people are... That might lead up to it, maybe. I could see the final episode like handing off to the Mandalorian because we know that Mandalorian Season 3 is coming... Um, I, we don't know the month, but like, I would think like February, March, maybe of next year. Yeah. Um, so there'll be a little bit of a gap, but I, I would imagine that it probably, you know, leans back into it. Cause I mean, this basically takes a, takes place right after the events of Mandalorian season two. Um, Boba Fett basically has taken over, you know, what used to be Jabba's, mm-hmm. you know, palace and his, his, um, you know, consortium of, of, you know, bad dudes and stuff He's like that. He's in charge. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he's he's now the new kind of ruler of the of the um, of the underworld. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited about it. It's definitely going to be darker. Um, the Mandalorian, like I, mm-hmm. this, these are not the good guys. Um, so, but yeah, I'm I'm ready for some like darker side of of um, you know star, the Star Wars galaxy. I almost wonder if we don't see like dark saber, like you know Sith side of things. Um, that would be kind of cool. I don't think we see, we definitely don't see Luke. I, you know, I, I can't imagine that. Um, we probably don't see Dinjarin, uh, the Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, I, I, we, I don't know. I, I, I'm not even sure we would see like Ahsoka or anything. Like I, I'm trying to think it would any characters come back? Um, maybe grief Karga, maybe. I, I don't know. I, I want, I kind of, I'm kind of okay with this just kind of being on its own. Like just yeah. not even, uh, even that, that direct of a tie in. I feel so. like there'll be one or two cameos. Uh, maybe not Mandalorian-wise, but just Star Wars-wise, just to get the lore. Yeah. Do we know how how long this series is? No, but I would assume it won't be... I mean, Mandalorian's been eight episodes each season. I wouldn't be surprised if this is shorter yeah. than that. So I'm guessing probably somewhere in the five day range. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how much they'll overlap with Marvel stuff, but the, I mean, there's more Marvel stuff coming in February. So yeah. like, I, I can't imagine it would just go on for too long, but um, yeah, I, I just, I mean, honestly, like this is still weird to say, but like Boba Fett is still one of those characters that we still don't know very much about. Like he's not in the original trilogy that much. Like obviously he's, you know, bounty hunting and going after Han and, and all that kind of stuff. But he's very shadowy. Like he doesn't have a lot of speaking parts in those movies. And then he's, you know, shows up in other properties kind of here and there. 
Uh, but again, very short role type of stuff. And then even in the Mandalorian, like the, the, when he was in the Mandalorian, that's like the most like conversation we ever had with the man ever. Mm-hmm. And even then he was, he was only in like half the season. So um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm an entire series devoted to Boba Fett. This is going to be the most we've ever had um, of that character in like, you know, a, a month and a half time frame. So um, I'm pretty pumped. Yeah. So yeah. And fortunately we don't have to wait too much longer for that. All right. Um, I think that's kind of it for the news. Um, those are like the biggest stories that I saw. So um, you want to jump into the movie? Yeah, sure. So um, when did you, so you and Caitlin, I assume saw this together. Yes, we saw it whenever. It, uh, I think it came out in March of 2017. Okay. We saw it opening weekend. Did, my, did Jessica go with you, my wife? Um, no, we saw it in Oklahoma. Okay. But I, I want to say some women from our church went to it a couple weeks after. That sounds right. Yeah, I know Jessica saw it in theaters. Yeah, for sure. I just I couldn't remember who she went with. I would have to double check with Caitlin, but that sounds right. That people from our church went yeah. to it. Yeah, that does sound familiar. I think it was just a bunch of girls went. Yeah. to go see it. Um, this is uh, one of I, I I honestly if I cornered Jessica, she probably would give the same answer as as Caitlin as her favorite. You know, her favorite Disney princess movie of all time is Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Um, I know Caitlin would say the same. Um, do you remember what, what you first thought when you first saw it? And then, you know, coming back to it again, like, I don't know if your thoughts have changed or whatever, but, uh, my thoughts have not changed on this. And I would say Caitlin and I agree to a point on this movie. I would say our viewpoints are very similar on this movie. Yeah. Um, overall, for the story, there is some differences from the cartoon, which we'll discuss later in the episode. But for the most part, it the storyline is fine. Um, it does a good job playing off uh, the original, the animated movie. The one thing that Caitlin and I can't get over... <laughs> Um, is Emma Watson. Her singing voice? Yes. It is definitely <laughs> auto-tuned. Yeah. And it's not her singing. And for us, for Caitlin and I, we're huge Harry Potter fans. We've read all the books. We've seen all the movies. Absolutely love Emma Watson as Hermione. Yeah. But Belle, not so much. <laughs> Her her singing voice is not good. Yeah, in this movie, I agree. I that my that's my biggest negative with mm-hmm. the, with the film. Really, you touched on it already. Is whenever she starts to sing, it completely takes me out of yeah the character in the movie. Like I'm hearing songs that you you and I and of course our wives have grown up with, mm-hmm. but it's not <laughs> it's yeah. not the version that we grew up with at all. And boy, I I think it's I was telling talking to Jessica about it earlier tonight. It's, I think, made even more stark by the fact that she's surrounded by really, really talented singers. Like, yeah. Josh Gad kills it. The, the guy mm-hmm. that plays Gaston yes. is awesome. Like, yep. um, the guy that plays that uh, voice, I, I guess he does the voice and the singing voice of, of the Beast is really great. Dan Stevens. Yep. Okay. Um, so, 
you know, if everyone was kind of average, I think you might kind of find yourself just kind of, you know, oh, okay, this is what we're going to get. But boy, she is completely upstaged singing wise by everyone else in the movie. Um, I thought her, her acting was, was fine, but, um, boy, when she starts to sing, it's, she's not like the worst singer I've ever heard, but she's maybe one of the worst singers I've, I've heard in a movie, like in a film. I I feel like Emma Watson was kind of set up to fail because, um, Dan Stevens and, uh, oh, what's the guy that played Gaston, um, Evans, Luke Evans. Luke Evans, yeah. They both had backgrounds in music to begin with. Yeah. So I feel like when you bring in somebody that doesn't have a background in music, I feel like you're almost setting them up to fail from the start. Yeah. And I mean, um, Luke Evans and Dan Stevens in both their songs absolutely crush it. Um, Dan Stevens and the song evermore. Um, I know people absolutely love that song. Yeah. And, um, Gaston and the mob song does well. And even in the opening song, bell does a good job too. So I feel like to a point Disney, when they were thinking about who they wanted to cast as bell, they more thought about who, would bring in the dollars versus the actual talent level singing wise. Cause I feel like there are two parts you really have to have in Disney when it comes to Disney animated versus live action, you have to um, look the part, but you also have to sing the part. Yeah. I, I would say the, the seconds may be arguably more important. Like yeah. you really have to nail, I mean, there's not a, there's not a girl our age that couldn't sing at least half from yeah. memory, half mm-hmm. of the words of all these songs. Like that. These are, I mean, I, you think about like, you know, Taylor's oldest time, you know, yeah. like that, that song is iconic. Like, I mean, it's, it's one of the most iconic Disney yeah. princess movie song, movie songs ever. And yeah, if you, if you can't sing it, with gravitas like that that's almost a deal breaker in my mind and and i just feel like um because i didn't even think of tale as old as time but i mean all around everybody else is has singing background yeah that they had in this movie except for emma watson yeah but i mean i'm not saying um the songs aren't I mean, Lion King's definitely worse than this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the music. But I feel like, um, cause, which is kind of puzzling to me because Beauty and the Beast came out before Lion King came right, out. Right, So you almost feel like, where did Disney kind of go wrong with Lion King? Because they brought in all these successful singers for Beauty and the Beast but then um, just going off of the Scar song or Hakuna Matata. Yeah. Those are some of like the most cringeworthy songs that we've gotten in a live action remake. Yeah. I really like, um, 
Donald Glover, and of course Beyonce is mm-hmm. always yep. phenomenal. But um, but no, you're right. I the um, I will never forget. We go back like uh, what four episodes, four or five episodes. Yeah, something we, like we that. We just recently did the Lion King before Halloween. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I guess yeah, more than a month ago. So it's probably like six or seven. Um, we recently did. So if you want to know our full thoughts on the Lion King remake, go back and listen to our our review on that episode. But yeah, I've seen The Lion King twice, and then I, I just saw Beauty and the Beast, obviously, today for the first time. But So I watched them in reverse order. But um, boy, like I, it is astounding to me that they didn't learn any lessons, <laughs> it seems, from the Beauty and the Beast. I mean, all... They went down. They went backwards. Like yeah. they, went, they went downhill from Beauty and the Beast because most of the songs in Beauty and the Beast are actually really good. And there's a lot of them. Like I, that was one of the, my biggest takeaways when I finished the movie. I'm like, how many freaking songs were in that movie? There's like seven or eight. There's like in the Broadway film or the Broadway show of Beauty and the Beast has I'm sure more, um, but maybe not a whole lot more. Like like one or two more. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I was just astounded by just the amount of time and like weight they gave to the extra music and um, the movie's long. Like it's, it's two hours long yep. um, of a film. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I enjoyed the singing. I enjoyed the the music that we got to hear and the singing is really good when it's not Emma Watson. Like mm-hmm. um, when it's, um, you know, the chorus from, from the, um, you know, Bonjour song, the very beginning thing, uh, or I mean, literally any other thing. Emma Thompson does a great job singing. Um, I think just in general, like they they do a good job of of you know highlighting actors that you wouldn't think of as like regular singers, and give them like a lot to do and a lot a lot of like really good singing to do. And all the extra songs are great. Um, so yeah, I I don't want to I don't want to say like you know Emma. Emma Watson was a bad choice. I just, but what do you do? Like, I, I don't know if you, do you have someone to stand in and sing for her? Like where yeah. you just know it's not even Emma anymore. Like you have to, you have to have the person who's actually voicing the actor do the singing. I know they used to do that. Like in the, you know, thirties, forties, fifties, sixties musicals, they would have voice actor equals singing actor equals, right? Yeah. The original Lion King did that. They, they had different singing mm-hmm. actors for, uh, than the voice actors, but I don't feel like you can get away with that anymore. And um, I don't know. I, I enjoyed her outside of the singing, but um, that's, just that's why her. it's just kind of a puzzling choice. Um, I mean, I understand that Emma Watson was just coming off of Harry Potter. Yeah. But I mean, it was still Harry Potter removed like three years or four years. Um, so it's kind of a puzzling choice because, you know, um, with Disney princesses, they're going to expect them to sing. Yeah, and you you got you have to get the singing right, man. I I don't know. I it is a weird choice to me. Um, I surely there's some you know brunette actress out there that they could have cast just as well, and and maybe would have even done a as good of a job on the acting side as well. Um, but yeah, you're right. They they wanted the star power. Like that that is the yeah. only reason she got the role. So. Um, I don't want to harp too much on, on her singing. Um, uh, I think there's a lot of extra scenes as well uh, in the movie. And some of the stuff, like, here's, here's the thing. I, as I was watching it, about halfway through it, I kind of got this sense. I, I was like, this, this movie is more relaxed than the mm-hmm. original movie. Like, um, the, the original, I, I love the original, so don't hear me, like, you know, harping on the original movie. Um, but there are moments in 
in the in the animated film that feel rushed to me. I feel like they're trying to pack a lot of story into that animated film, and they it's amazing they just give it like an extra half hour to the running time, and it mm-hmm. it really lets the movie breathe a little bit in some spots that I think are very very fast in the in the um, the one that's based on so yeah like um and I've got like an article to kind of help us remember like some of the biggest changes whatever I I can you know look through this here in a second but um like some of the biggest ones for me were like. They gave um, Maurice a lot more to do in this one. Like, mm-hmm. there's whole scene. I mean, three or four minute long scenes where it's just him, like in the in the castle and stuff like that. There's a lot more uh, involvement between Maurice and the bad guys. You know, Gaston and LeFou. Yep. Um, at one point, Gaston and LeFou try to kill him, like which is completely different than the movie, the original yeah. uh, movie. And and there's even more to speak of too. But um, it, th- so as I was watching, I was like, this is how you do a remake. Like this is why I love the, the Aladdin remake Yeah, um, is give me the original story, the stuff that I had questions about or would love to know more about. Give me more of that. Like Mm -hmm. just add, add stuff, but don't add stuff just for the sake of adding to the runtime. Like give me a, an actual reason to tune in and like care about these moments. And I I thought that it was really well written, like really all all the the new stuff. For sure. And, um, and I also, yeah, just going off of what you said, I feel like this is what has made Aladdin and this movie and even like Cinderella or Jungle Book successful over uh, Lion King because they didn't try and do the exact same movie yeah. over again. Yeah. Which is kind of puzzling because <laughs> Lion King was the last one to come out. Yeah. Or maybe Aladdin was after that. I can't remember. I, Aladdin and this one came out really close together. Yeah. Maybe the same year. Like, um, I'll look it up here in a second, but yeah, it, it, Aladdin came out before Lion King for sure. Um, so it's, it's kind of puzzling that they were having success and then they just flat out did the exact same movie. So Aladdin came out in 2019, the same year as yep. Lion King, right? Mm-hmm. So it must have come out just a few months before Lion King. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I because I, I I do think Lion King was the last one to release. But um. Yeah. Like they they got they nailed it with Beauty and the Beast. They nailed it with Aladdin, and then boy, Lion King just did not understand the uh, the assignment. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it is what it is. Um. You and me aren't the ones making the decisions at Disney. So, somebody else took the wrath for. Lion King. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking at this list. I'm getting this from Screen Rant, screenrant.com. Okay. Where they talk about like the top 10 uh, biggest changes from the original cartoon movie. Sounds good. Um, the first w- number one on the list, and I, I did take note of this when I was watching it, is um, you want to talk about added material. There's like five extra minutes, maybe six or seven extra minutes of be- of Belle and the Beast like bonding and like falling in love together. Mm-hmm. That was super, super rushed in the original, like 1991 movie or yep. whatever. Like they, they literally, there's like a song um, where it's, you know, the, the song where um, Mrs. Potts is like singing over them. And it's like, um, I forget what the words are, but it's like beauty it's, and the beast. Oh, is it that one? Oh, I, I guess you're right. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> or wait, what's that song called? Oh, uh, uh Oh my gosh! I just—I literally just watched the movie and I can't remember it. Um, 
I know which song. You're it's like how, how could they get together on their own or whatever? Yeah. Um. Uh. Always there or oh. Something. Gosh, I'm totally blanking on it. It is. Um. They sing that one song, and it's basically like a montage song in the original '91. Um. And and I don't know how long that song is. It's probably. It is called Beauty and the Beast. Oh, I thought it was called Always There or something there. Something there. Yep. Okay. So, um. It, like however long that that song is, that's all you get in the original movie. In this one, there's whole scenes of them where there's no music, there's no singing going on. It's just them like going for a walk in the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, her, her reading to him, which yeah, you get some of that in the original movie, but there's a lot. They really dive deep into it uh, in this one. Um, you know, talking about Shakespeare and their love for books and stuff like that. And then. Um, and you really get a sense that's kind of what they're bonding over in this movie is like they they both share the love for you know reading books, and um, there's just like a lot of scenes with them just kind of hanging out together, and it gives it it gives it the space that it needs to actually become like a believable romance, like budding romance. Now, I mean, say what you want, like the original movie is impeccable. It's it's a nearly perfect perfect film, and I I would say kids like especially little girls don't really need a lot of explanation like they just kind of take for granted okay these two it's love at first sight they just love each other in this one they don't take that for granted and it feels more purposeful and it feels more explained like what's going on Mm -hmm. and how it's occurring so yeah um let's see so oh i guess the this is number two on the list garter robe which is like the wardrobe they're saying yeah. that's, that's an additional character? Yeah. I feel like... Because there's Cadenza in the original movie. Yeah. I feel like they... I think I know what they're getting at. I feel like it's more of a role in the live action than it really is. Because there's a wardrobe in the original movie. I think th- they're also talking about the pian- the self-playing piano. That, yeah. might, that might, be, might be the new character. I think it's more... Because you're talking about there's kind of a love interest between the wardrobe and yes. Cadenza. Yeah. So, which really isn't there in the animated movie. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, they're saying, I think they're saying they changed the name of the wardrobe to guard, garderobe or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, um, Stanley Tucci plays the uh, piano, the self-playing piano. Mm-hmm. And I think he does a really great job and he's really great when he gets transformed into a, a human at the end. Um, let's see. Um, it's saying there's more backstory about the beast in the 2017 than the original 1911 or 1991. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, um, so in the original movie, there's like a narrator that's it's very quick. Yep. Yeah. And it's like, it's over in like 45 seconds. Right. Mm-hmm. In this one, there's like four minutes of, of him, like, you know, being a prince and like, there's like a full ballroom scene where they're dancing and there's a singer on stage, like in his you know private castle. And it they, just shows how like selfish yeah. he is growing up and ex- so forth. It explains his character much, much better than the original movie. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I definitely got, a sense of more backstory with him. And there's even a, there's a um, flashback scene in the middle of the movie where it's like young Gaston, uh, young Gaston, young, (laughs) young, uh, uh, I guess. Yeah. What's his human name? I guess they say it at the, at the very end of the film. It's like a throwaway line. Yeah. 
anyway, I'll, I'll young, have to look young that. prince, let's yeah. call him. But um, so yeah, there's a lot of lot of backstory with him, and I don't know if this is on the list. It probably is, but um, yeah, it's actually the next prince one. Prince Adam. Adam. Okay, of course. Um, the the other one, and I think this is even more um more like a bigger addition. There's a lot of talk about Belle's mom mm-hmm. in this movie, and that surprised the heck out of me. Like they they didn't just go there; they made it like a big piece of the plot. Like at one point, they they added this new like magical object. It's a like a it's not is the mirror like shows you anything you want to see, right? Yeah. The book like transports you to anywhere you want to go, mm-hmm. and I thought that was really cool. Like it was yeah. very different than the original movie, but um, they end up like like teleporting to Paris basically. And it's not clear if it's like real or not, but they're there. They're in Paris, like in this apartment or whatever, this flat. And, and it's Belle's like childhood home. Like Mm -hmm. she she grew up, apparently she grew up in Paris and her mom died and they do like a a brief thing. And they showed like her mom died of the plague, like the bubonic plague. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Whoa. Like, I I mean, there's no way that would have fit in the original film, but in this like more, teenage focused yep. live action it it works it works like it, mm-hmm. it worked really well for I me. would agree with that and um, going back to one of the other ones um, in Aladdin we talk more about Jasmine's mom as well yeah so I feel like Aladdin kind of um, understood that people were okay with that in the Beauty and the Beast remake so I feel like that's kind of where Aladdin got the idea as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed some of that backstory stuff. Um, and it's like a it's like a hidden thing. Like her, um, you know, the beast at one point is asking her, it's it's when they're kind of falling in love. Um, and he's like, you know, tell me about your mother. And, and she's like, I don't remember my mother. And that's like the one thing my dad won't ever talk to me about is what happened to my mom and, um, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, and, and then, like during the course of the events of the film, she learns we're learning at the same time that she is mm-hmm. like what happened to her mom, and I thought it was really cool, and it gives them something to kind of bond and connect over. Yeah, as they find out together. So, um, the fifth one on the list is the the curse is stronger, is what it says, and that was one I de- definitely didn't see coming. So in this in this one in the original movie, the curse basically if once the last petal falls they're doomed to remain a beast for all time mm-hmm. and they're doomed to remain a candelabra for all time, that kind of thing, the clock for all time. In this one, like they basically die. <laughs> like, yep. Like it, the, the fate, the, the fate that gets sealed at the end of the movie, almost, almost obviously at the last second, they, they undo the curse, but um, they're like turning into inanimate objects and it's super dark. Like it's oh, like, yeah. It's like definitely. No, they're all gonna die. Like everyone in the castle just dies. Um, yeah, the hope is definitely gone for <laughs> a couple minutes in this movie. And I think another part that they're trying to get at is the curse is so strong that the people forget all about this castle. Yeah, yeah. And like even that scene with Maurice, LeFou, and Gaston they have no way of finding this castle Yeah, when they're out in the woods. Talk about that. That was really cool. I like, okay. So there, there's, and we'll, we'll get to like the, the objects, the, the objects of the castle and stuff like that. Cause I, I have a lot to say about that. But, um, 
one thing that I wasn't sure how they were going to do is like, how are they going to make this believable? Like it, once you take the, the, the drawings off the, off the animated table, mm-hmm. um, you have to like convince the audience that like, this is a real place that like can really have these events occur to yep. it. And one of the things that's never explained in the movie, you just, but it's animated. You just kind of take it for granted is like no one in town has ever heard of this castle. No one like knows exactly anything about this beast or about a curse or anything. Like it's all news to everybody, even though it's like right around the corner from where, where they all live. So in this one, they kind of do, I guess, mild spoil- spoilers for Shang-Chi, but it's like a, it's like a enchanted forest, like hidden thing. Yeah, like, pretty much. There's no way and, to get there. Um, that scene that we talked about, um, Maurice is trying to lead Gaston LeFou to the castle. Yeah. And they can't find it. Yeah, that's that was super cool. And then um, Gaston LeFou literally leave Maurice out to die yeah. because they're just sick of it. Yeah, that well, was... Well, it's more Gaston than LeFou, but um, he's just sick of it and he definitely thinks this guy's a lunatic. Yeah. Because they're just wandering around the woods and they're getting nowhere. Dude, he 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 flat like cold cocks him. Like, yeah, he, he guessed guess on hits him right in the mouth, mm-hmm. knocks him out. Maurice knocks him out, and he ties him to a tree and leaves him for the wolves to eat him alive. Yeah, I was like, whoa. Yeah, <laughs> like, for this, sure. This is not your uh, your kids <laughs> Beauty and the Beast here. So yeah, but that was cool. I I I appreciated. And they did such a good job with. The, we'll talk about the CGI and stuff, but they did such a good job with making that that whole like not just the manor the castle but like the grounds and everything it's all ice and snow which is in the original as well but mm-hmm. it feels different when it's in live action when when the hooves of the horse like go from like summer grass it reminds me of Arendelle like it's like yeah it's in the middle of summer but it's always winter like around this mm-hmm. castle um and it just looks cool like they did a really good job with yeah kind of transporting you into that new area um so yeah, I think the the rest of them are kind of stuff we've already talked about, like uh, added songs. So the added songs are, I guess we didn't name them, uh, "Days in the Sun," which I think is the first one. It's a, um, it's a backstory on both of the characters. I think, yeah. um, you know, when they were younger, uh, "Evermore," which you already talked about, and um, "How Does a, La- a Moment Last Forever," uh, which is all about mm-hmm. uh, Belle and Maurice's backstory. So, um. It's been a while since I've seen the stage play, but I want to say Evermore, is, is that in the Broadway? Yeah. Uh, from what I remember, I believe that's from the Broadway production. Okay. I really like that song a lot. Um, you know, people that have been fans of the Broadway show, that's probably not a new song for them, but um, he, the guy that, that um, Dan Stevens, yep. um, he just knocks that song out of the park. It's, it's really a gorgeous song. Yeah. And... Um, of course, there's the rendition of, I think it's Josh Groban doing that song. So that, oh, yeah. that song is probably one of the most popular songs from this, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You want to talk about um, CGI? Let's talk about the like the characters that everyone everyone loves, like uh, Cogsworth and yeah. Lumiere. And, uh, what'd you think? Um, for the most part, I thought they did a very good job. Um, it looks pretty legitimate as legit as you can get. I almost feel like making people look like inanimate objects. I feel like it looks very good. And I feel like 
a lot of this movie was Disney almost learning from previous failures where CGI didn't look as well. Yeah. But I feel like this one they did really well on. Yeah. One one thing that... One, actually, honestly, kind of criticism of The Lion King for me was they made them look a little too real. Like, I, it was jarring to see these, like, real animals sing mm-hmm. and, like, even talk and stuff like that and try to do, like, human like postures and stuff like that. Like it just, it, it felt so odd to watch. Yeah. Not, not true with this one at all. And I think again, they're getting away with it because it's not, it's not um, the, uh, what do they call it? Uncanny Valley is not, it's not as stark when it's inanimate objects. Like mm-hmm. it's a clock in a candelabra and a dresser drawer. Like it's, it's things that when you see them in motion is like, okay, I've never seen something like that in motion, but like I've seen all these animals at the zoo. <laughs> it's, it's just really weird to see them yeah. on, on screen and then singing. So I think they can get away with it more in this one. But dude, from the very first part that I saw like Lumiere and Cogsworth talking, I was like, that looks legit. Like that <laughs> looks like what it would really look like, you know, yeah. seeing them. Um, one thing that was jarring for me at first, but I, 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 I got accustomed to it pretty quickly as the movie went through. Um, they are very tiny. Yes, <laughs> like, for sure. <laughs> compared to, to Belle. Like, they, I mean, Disney was like, we're doing this straight up. Like, how big is a, a clock, actually? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, how big is a candelabra, actually? Like, compared to a human. Yeah. And so, they made Lumiere, like, like he's, he's like, very small. He's like eight inches tall. Like, it's mm-hmm. he's really tiny. So, when you're, used to the original movie and these characters are larger than life. Like they're huge, um, yeah. huge versions of themselves from the, the remake. It was definitely weird at first, but as the movie started going, um, going on and I felt myself just kind of losing myself to that world in the castle. Mm-hmm. Um, I was all, all on board. Like it, 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 it was cool. I, for the first time because and ever, like I, I didn't even feel like this with the original movie. I felt like I could actually put myself in Belle's shoes. Like, what would I do if yeah. I walk into this strange castle and all these these inanimate objects start dancing around and singing and talking? Like, it's it felt real to me that they committed to the size of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it it just it just doubled down on like how real it felt. Yeah. So. Yeah, um, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, and the CGI is so good. Um, there were a couple moments where I felt it was a little, a little odd on the beast, like on his face. Um, there's a couple moments where his body kind of moves, I think, a little robotically. Um, and I'm not sure why that was, and it might have just been the screen I was watching it on or whatever. But um, uh, it, it wasn't like enough to take me out of it. But there were a couple times where I was like, uh, I kind of see a little CGI there. Um, but for the most part, I felt like. It, it felt real. Like that character felt like a real yeah. person um, to me. So, yeah. Um, I, my only other negative is not really negative. It's just like I wanted more of is Josh Gad is criminally underused in this yeah. movie. Like I know he's like everyone's favorite, you know, Disney guy, Olaf and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But dude, like he's so good. So good in this movie. Every time he sings, it's like he's perfect pitch. Um, his voice is so strong, obviously the higher notes and everything like that. Um, and I know they wanted to, they didn't want him to steal the, the show, the limelight from Gaston, like Gaston, yeah. like the main person to pay attention to, but he's so funny and he's, but they didn't give him enough 
lines. Like he's just not, <coughs> they could have brought even more humor, I think to the movie, just giving him some extra stuff to do and say, um, I will say one thing that one change with his character that I really liked, because I, th- I think they did some of this in the original movie, but maybe not as much, but like he really turns on Gaston um, mm-hmm. at the end. Yes. Like he very did, much so. Like he like, as a, in the big like melee at the end, like he sw- literally switches sides. Like he's mm-hmm. fighting for like on the sides of the, you know, the, the uh, servants and stuff like that. Yeah. Which so, that's another one where they don't really stick to, the original and I feel like it was a very good call on that because I mean nobody wants to watch the exact same movie yeah no it was good it it felt like it was um kind of re-upping it for a modern audience in that way um another character that I think they changed um even more so than LeFou is um Maurice like he's he's just kind of a normal dad like a normal guy um, in the original film, they made a big deal about how he's like this famous inventor. Like he's, he's made all these like inventions and sells them and goes to like, you know, conventions where he tries to sell his, his wares that he's invented and stuff like that. And all of that's gone in this movie. It's the only thing I can think of that they like really struck from the original film. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it was that big of a deal, but it was definitely weird when like, cause at the beginning of the movie, every, everyone knows that he hops on flip his horse and goes off and that's how he gets you know captured by the beast but like in the original movie he's going he's like taking like a cart full of like inventions and stuff like that to some you know show or whatever to get to get them sold and in this one he's just going to the market <laughs> and like he's like oh i'll bring you back a rose or whatever and um that spins off the whole event so again it wasn't like I wasn't like, oh, you know, why they why they do this to my favorite character? It was more just kind of like, oh, okay, so we're just not going to do the whole invention thing. Yeah. So, but, yeah. Um, let's see. I guess we haven't talked about Lumiere and, and um, Cogsworth. I think I think they're very well acted. Um, accents are great. Um, yeah. Um, I feel like they have very good chemistry on screen um i hate to go back to lion king again but we talked about in that uh our episode on lion king how we didn't really like the timon and pumbaa duo that uh they placed before us for lion king but i feel like in this one lumiere and cogsworth play off each other very well yeah you're totally right about that and i feel like that's kind of one of the things that makes this movie flow so well is the continuity and the ability for these two characters just to interact so well when they're on screen together. And, and they're funny. Like I, I wrote down a couple lines like um, there's it's when bell is first in the, it's like her first night in the castle and she's, you know, trying to figure everything out and they're taking down on a tour just like they do in the original movie. And uh, I think it's, or maybe it was Cogsworth. He says, uh, right this way to the East wing, or as I call it, the only wing. Yep. <laughs> Cause they're trying to get her to stay out of the West wing. And then, um, l- later on Lumiere does a jab at, at Cogsworth and he says, uh, a broken clock is right two times a day, but this is not one of those times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's that kind of banter like between the two characters and it's really lovable. Like I, I really enjoyed watching them just kind of bounce off each other. Like you said, it's very natural. Uh, those, those two actors together. 
Um, let's look at that. Be our guest. It's, you know, for a lot of people, it's like the biggest number in the, in mm-hmm. the show, obviously, ex- yeah. except for Beauty and the Beast. But um, it's really good. I like, as mm-hmm. far as like the singing and the performance of it, I think for me, honestly, there's parts of it I, I think are better than the original, dare yeah. I say. Um, there's uh, a lot of CGI, obviously. So if that bothers you, you know, probably won't like it as much as I did, but I, I was fine with it. Um, it, I only have one negative, which I'll, I'll get to you, uh, here in a second, but, um, do you have some thoughts you want to no. answer first? Go right ahead and I'll just piggyback off what you have to say. Uh, one of the, one of my favorite things about the BR guest song in the original and what I prefer about the original over this one is bell is literally quite literally swept off her feet. Like they, they you know, slam a chair into her and she's being whisked around the castle, whisked around the, <clears throat> the dining room and the kitchen and just seeing all this stuff just kind of, she's basically being, you know, thrown around um, the room and, and several rooms in this one. She's literally just sitting at the dining room table and just watching the show yeah. the entire time. And it felt a little less active to me. Like everyone's moving <laughs> in the scene except for her. Emma, Emma Watson's just sitting there yeah. and just smiling and watching. Yeah, and it's, so. <laughs> I mean, it's more like um, she, it's very interactive in the animated movie. And this one, you just feel like she's kind of like at the movies like we are, just <laughs> right. watching this happen, <laughs> where it's not really one of those interactive type shows. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean that said, like all of the, the you know the chandelier and the and the dishes flying everywhere and the um, you know making the food and and uh, Lumiere just does such a great job singing. Um, I, I'm assuming that's you and McGregor actually singing. Um, <clears throat> it's 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 a good performance. Like I I actually I was a little worried about that song just because the, the first one's like impeccable, mm-hmm. um, but I felt like this one was really good too. So um, and again, I I think there were moments of the. The, perf- the actual performance of the singing, I think, is even better um, than yeah. the original. So, um, yeah, that was good. Um, there's, there's not a lot of humor. There's not a lot of humor in the original movie, is there? No, I feel like it kind of goes the same way in the live action as the animated. The humor that you're going to get is either going to come from LeFou, Cogsworth, or Lumiere. Yeah, but. The humor that comes from Cogsworth and Lumiere is usually directed at each other. Right. And I feel like that's very similar in this movie as well. You're not really going to get any funny moments from anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. There's only really one moment that I remember the Beast being funny at all, and it was just a visual thing, but um, they're getting ready for his date, and they... Um, like the wardrobe comes in and like spins him around or whatever. And he has like makeup all over his fur. Like it's yeah. like a, it's like pink or something like all over his face. And it's, you know, especially for kids, it's kind of like a, you know, Oh, Oh, doesn't he look silly kind of moment. And that's kind of it. Like he's, he's very serious, obviously the rest of the, the film. So, um, yeah. Um, but that's fine. I, this movie doesn't, I don't think anyone's wanting this movie to be like hilarious. So, yeah. Um, uh, I thought the kill the beast uh, part with the mob at the end was really, really good. Um, you know, they had like real torches, real fire. Like yeah. it, it feels ominous as they're like 
Mar- and there's an army. I, there's like a hundred people, like mm-hmm. extras and stuff like that. They got for the shoot, and they're storming the castle. You know, climbing the the hill and stuff like that with all their lit torches, and it and, looks awesome. And you're getting excited as the song's going along, and it's, yeah, it's very well done. Um, I feel like for me, always, whether it be the live action or the animated movie. My three favorite songs are the bell intro song, yeah, the mob song, and the Gaston song. And oh yeah, those are probably my three favorite in the live action as well. Dude, the Gaston song is really good in this. I yeah. kind of skipped over it, but yeah, it's it's fantastic. It's a lot of Josh Gad like you know singing and dancing up on tables and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what it made me long for? <laughs> I because I'm I'm such a tangled tangled is my number one favorite. Disney film, yeah, uh, animated for sure of all time. I, it made me really want like I've got an I've got a dream <laughs> uh-huh. for, from that because it, it's it feels a lot like I've got a dream the way that they shoot this. Yeah, um, you know them just kind of sp- spinning and singing and dancing around tables and chandeliers and stuff like that uh, in this you know bar tavern type thing in their town. And it, it, I was I was like, man, I really I think a, a tangled live action would be really really cool. Um, but yeah, he's Josh Gad obviously kind of, kind of leads that and they, they're doing all the jokes, you know, um, you know, I'm very good at expectorating and he just yeah. p- patooey and like, you know, lands in the, the pot or whatever. And then the end of the song is probably, I mean, it's probably one of the funniest parts where LeFou's trying to spell Gaston's name. Oh yeah. And then he talks about himself being illiterate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's like dark humor though. It's like yeah. he's just like I never realized it so right now, but I can't read. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, he tries to spell Gaston with two T's. Yep. So very clever and well done. Yeah. That again. That's that's going back to my comment about Josh Gad. I'm like, I was like that. That seems so great. Like it, it really makes me lament that there wasn't more of his character in this. But um, yeah, when when he was in there, it was great. And then that la- that last fight scene is so much better than the original. Like, I <clears throat> it was it's really tense and it's long. Um, it involves a beast like jumping from tower to tower, mm-hmm. like almost like a Marvel movie, like yep. um, trying to get away and trying to you know capture uh, Gaston. Um, Gaston freaking shoots him in the back, not once, not twice, but three times. <laughs> Like, and there's blood, like there's, you can actually see like the beast is wearing like a white shirt type thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, there's like blood on his shirt. Like I I was like, Whoa, like they're going, they're going hard and like the violence here. Um, I, I loved it. it. It was, um, um, it was very intense and like, there was never a moment where I was like, yeah, like the beast definitely has the upper hand here. Like he was scrambling and like almost falling to his death several times. Like, I, I was like, wow, this is cool. <laughs> like I was yeah. I was very pleasantly surprised. And I mean, I feel like the weapons definitely kind of give Gaston quote unquote obviously the beast has his size, but I feel like the weapons kind of give Gaston the upper hand in this fight. Yeah. I they did this in the in the ninety one movie as well, but like what the main thing that everyone knows about Gaston is he's a hunter. Like mm-hmm. he, you know, he's talking about like, you know, I use uh, antlers and all of my decorating, right? Yeah. So, <clears throat> like, but in this one, they actually give him a gun and they let him fire it like several times. Mm-hmm. There, there's a part in the Gaston song where he talks about shooting animals in the back, like, and then he's like totally fine with it. And then it turns out in this one, because they don't do it 
I think he, he fights him with a knife, I think, in the original yeah. movie. But in this one, like he's just shooting him in the back over and over again. And it I realized that the Gaston song is actually like, you know, giving you a preview of like yeah. how how the movie's gonna end. Pretty much. So he's gonna he's gonna kill the beast, but like in a completely not sportsmanlike yeah. way at all. So a very cowardly way. Yeah. So very fitting for his character. Of course, he falls to his death. He's on this bridge type thing, and he falls, which is very different from the original. I think in the original they kind of do a scar thing where mm-hmm. he like plunges a knife into the beast, and the beast like reels back and throws him off or something like that. Yeah, um, it's kind of you know insinuated that it's an accident that he falls. Yeah, um, it's never really the hero's fault. Yeah, exactly. And and they, he does the same thing in this one that he did in the original, where he has the chance to. Um, and Gaston and chooses not to. Um, yep. And I like the line there because in the, in the, it might be in the original as well. It's been a while since I've seen the, <clears throat> the animated, but um, in this one he says, like he has a, the chance to do the killing blow on Gaston <clears throat> and his line is, um, I'm not a beast. Like I'm not, you know, beast-like to, to just kill you in cold blood type of thing. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Um. Yeah, and then there's the big restoration scene, the mm-hmm. I love you and the kiss. Oh, and and the, so the enchant, Enchantress comes back. Yes. Like, we skipped over that. Like, I think they call her Agatha in the movie. Yep. But she's like, so Maurice has left her dead, as we, we mm-hmm. said. The only reason she, he's saved is this mysterious woman, which, like, I'm watching him, like, okay, that's probably the Enchantress, but, you know, you don't know for sure. She doesn't really have any speaking lines. But she... um she saves his life and like restores him to health and then, and then gets him back to town and she's kind of in the background for some of that stuff. And then when they do kill the beast and they go like attack, she's with the crowd. And then during the big like scuffle on like this grand staircase and stuff like that, when all everyone's fighting, she's just like walking calmly up the stairs. And it's like, you, you realize by the end of this whole sequence that she's, she wants to be there for the final pedal, like, yep. like for the pe- pedal to fall, she wants to see it happen to see her curse finally come to pass. But then of course, you know, to everyone's surprise, you know, Belle actually has fallen in love with the beast and kisses him and says, I love you or whatever. And then she is actually there in the original movie. It's like the rose like creates the magic or whatever. Yep. But in this one, it's actually her. Like she like raises her hands and actually like mm-hmm. does magic to restore him. And I, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. And I mean, it's just um, because in the animated movie, it really doesn't focus much on the Enchantress, but in this yeah. one, she plays a bigger role. So um, I'm okay with that. It's a lot like we've talked about. Um, it's not the same movie. And I think that this part was very well done. You never in the original. You don't ever see the enchantress again, right? No, After the just, intro, just the first one. Yeah, she's like presumably gone, like yeah. just you know moved away or died or whatever. Like um, she becomes actually kind of a, a recurring character in this one. So I think overall, I, I really liked it. Um, I, I know my wife was like trying to get me to watch it for years, and I just kept putting it off. And you know, really, just because we have this podcast, I was like, okay, I feel like I need to watch this this film. So there's a few others as well that I, that I know I need to see. Um, I keep wanting to get to um, the, Maleficent. Yeah, the Maleficent one. There's two of those now. I haven't seen either one of them. Um, you know, there's some pretty big films that kind of remake esque kind of films that they've done that I haven't even seen yet. But check this one off the list, man. It's done. Put a fork in it. 
um, have you had any time to watch anything else? I thought I was going to have time this last week. And I think I said that on the last episode. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to have time to actually watch some stuff. And I didn't, man. Like, I just, I found myself doing all kinds of other stuff yeah. this last week. It It's crazy. You think you're going to have time to watch other stuff, but then it just doesn't happen. There's just always stuff that, that comes up. And um, I've been working a lot uh, in the last week, actually a couple weeks now. But <clears throat> yeah, I didn't, I didn't get to watch anything else either. I, I'm very excited for the holidays to drop because I have just tons of time to yeah. when, um, you know, Grant and I are both in education. I, I don't teach like he does, but, um, I get a lot of time off around Thanksgiving and Christmas. <clears throat> so I'm very excited to get into Hawkeye and, and book mm-hmm. of Boba Fett and, and all that stuff. And, um, I mean the, the thing I'm the most excited about for this month, as we talked a lot about last episode is the, um, the Beatles get back um, yeah. documentary. I can't, can't wait for that to come out. That's, that's going to be here in a few weeks. So, um, but that's, that's a good transition into what's new on Disney plus this week. We'll end with this. Um, so what's really interesting about this week, I didn't, I didn't know this was coming, but so we're recording this on Monday, November 1st. This will release probably Tuesday, uh, November 2nd, but Disney plus already released a couple things on Monday this week. So mm-hmm. you remember back, you know, when we first started doing this podcast thing, it was only on Fridays they would release stuff. Then what was it? Probably, I guess the spring Loki. This the summer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was that late, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So for not that not the, not that long, really. The last I don't know four or five months, they've been doing Wednesday releases, and for a while there, like especially in September, October, it was like Wednesday was kind of like the main day, mm-hmm. and then they like had some leftover stuff on Fridays. Now they're doing stuff on Mondays too, and I don't know if this is a new thing or if it's just this week, but there's actually like two things that came out today on okay. as we're recording this Monday, November 1st. Um, they're not things I care about, but like it's, it's worth noting that they're adding more and more days of the week and they may do, they may keep doing this. Like they may like a year from now we might have literally like stuff releasing every day of the week. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. So anyway, so, so for Monday, uh, November 1st, uh, the incredible Dr. Pole season 19, uh, new episodes of that show. It's a reality se- uh, series about, you guessed it, a veterinary service um, from National Geographic. The Chicken Squad, which is a show actually Jordan has been watching and loves it. <coughs> it's a um, Disney Junior uh, type show. Okay. Uh, new episodes of that uh, also released today. So that's it for Monday. Uh, Wednesday, November 3rd, uh, Doogie Kame Kame Aloha, uh, MD, episode nine, uh, entitled Skep Work is coming out on Wednesday. So if you're watching that, uh, I'm sure you'll be tuning in for that. Uh, Amphibia, season three, five episodes. Um, This looks uh, probably a little older than what Jordan would probably watch, but it's a, I think we may have talked about it before, but I can't remember, but it says it's a frog out of water animated comedy series that chronicles the adventures of 13 year old, uh, Anne, who is magically transported to the fantastical world of amphibia, a rural marshland full of frog people. Um, so it's an animated show for uh, obviously geared towards kids, but I would say by the looks of it, maybe older kids. Okay. Uh, for younger kids for sure. And this is a show that Jordan absolutely loves Dino Ranch. I think, I think we did talk about this, um, when it first launched on Disney plus maybe a month or two ago, but it's literally like ranchers that are like hurting dinosaurs. Like they ride dinosaurs instead of horses. So it's for kids, little kids. Interesting. Uh, photo arc season two, national geographic 
photographer Joel Sartore, uh, Sartor explores different countries and looks for rare and endangered animals. And it looks like this one is um, Australia. Okay. It's got koalas in it. Uh, or like Asia. Yeah. Okay. So China, Budapest, Prague, and then some deer in Florida. Kind of weird <coughs> addition there. And then the last thing for Wednesday, November 3rd, is Storm Rising Season 1. <coughs> this, this is like Storm Chasers um, okay. kind of show from, from, I'm assuming, National Geographic. So a lot of National Geographic. Yeah. And then, so this week is actually kind of the kickoff for their Christmas stuff. So like stuff that new stuff that's not been on Disney Plus, or maybe some of this is coming back um, after being gone or whatever. But um, there's actually quite a bit releasing on Friday. This is kind of the first time that I've, they've had something like this in a while. And maybe they're gearing up for like Disney Plus Day, which is a week from Friday. But um, So Friday, November 5th, <clears throat> this is going to be a lot of groaners. The search for Santa Paws, and that's P-A-W-S. Um, yeah, I'm not even going to read the description. It's stupid, stupid, stupid. Yeah. It looks really, really dumb. Um, <clears throat> Space Buddies. Uh, I think I mentioned this in our worst. top 10 worst. Yep. Um, so it's basically, so here's what you need to know. It's uh, finally come. <laughs> here's what you need to know about the Airbud series. There was a movie called Airbud, and then there was other movies with Airbud in them doing all manner of other sports, right? Mm-hmm. So he, he did football, basketball, did them all, right? Then he has puppies, kids, and those puppies get their own line of movies and they re- I'm sure they release them like once a year straight to video. <clears throat> this one is where they go to space. Wonderful. Phil. Yeah. Uh, just picture, um, cute little puppies in astronaut suits. It just sounds like an Oscar award winning movie, Phil. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Oscar award winning <clears throat> Alvin and the chipmunks chipwrecked. Oh yeah. So they released a couple of these movies on the same day. Last month, I think, in October or September. And uh, Chipwrecked, I think, is one of the better ones. I've seen all four of them, and Chipwrecked is like, I can kind of watch it. Like, it's it's okay. Okay. <clears throat> I, I still, I mean, I've maybe seen a l- little bit of the first one, but I don't think I've ever seen, I haven't seen this one for sure. There's no appeal for you and Caitlin to watch this. Yeah. I, I just don't think there is. Unless you're just like closet like super fans of Alvin and the Chipmunks or something. Yeah. It's uh, definitely for kids. So it's fart jokes and like, it's just, it's stupid stuff for kids. Speaking of stupid stuff for kids, one of Grant's favorite movies, I'm sure jingle all the way. I, I do love this movie. <clears throat> it's coming out. Um, it definitely is probably top five Christmas movies for me. Yeah. Um, I'm a, a little sad that Jack's not here to talk about this movie. It's like a, I, I'm not joking. It's literally a Christmas tradition for yeah. his for his family, and uh, it's really on his like his wife's Amanda's side of the family. But um, like his he, Jack and his brother in law watch Jingle on the Wall, Jingle all the way, literally every year. Like they have done so for over a decade, um, yeah. and it's just like something they just love to laugh at. So Arnold Schwarzenegger um, promises his son a Turbo Man for Christmas, and he's got to get it. It is wonderful. And then a movie I didn't even know existed, Jingle All the Way 2. Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah, you know this. I haven't seen it, but I know Larry the Cable Guy's in it. 
Okay, so this is like the female version of the original, right? Yep. <laughs> it's Pretty much. Larry the Cable Guy trying to get his get his daughter Noelle, of course her name is Noelle, a doll that she really wants for Christmas. And he races against Noelle's stepfather to get the doll. Oh yeah, perfect. <laughs> Classic Disney. So I've definitely not seen that one. I've seen the first one, but not that one. Coming to Disney Plus next year, Jingle All the Way 3, <laughs> I hope starring so. Phil Sousa. Yeah. Me and Grant fighting over the same Xbox. I don't know. Yeah, sure. Um, another, they just, they're just cranking out the Christmas stuff right now. <clears throat> prep and landing. Have you seen these prep and landing shorts? They're like 25 minutes. I mean, I I know what they are. I, I don't think I've seen one in a while. The, okay, so animated uh, about um, like... Elves. It's like espionage spy elves, basically. Mm-hmm. Um trying to go on some kind of secret mission, right? Yep. So it's it's gadgets, it's, it's it, they're doing the James Bond thing. They're surprisingly watchable like as for adults. I mm-hmm. if your kids want to watch this and you're thinking about just skipping out on it cuz you've never heard of Prep and Landing, I say give it a shot. I I think like my wife and I legitimately enjoy watching these. There's a couple of them at least. Um and so yeah, I guess I I know we saw something on Disney Plus. I thought it was Disney Plus, maybe it was something else, some other service that we have, but um, we did watch Prep and Landing quite a bit last year for Christmas, and that's coming to Disney Plus this year. Um, the uh, Operation Secret Santa. Uh, a couple more here, uh, three more, I think. Santa Buddies. So if you didn't get enough with Space Buddies, now you can watch dogs in Santa hats. Santa Buddies. <clears throat> do, 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 do. <laughs> Give me a bone for Christmas. Yep, pretty much. Uh, and then Snow Buddies. If you didn't get enough of Space Buddies or Santa Buddies, you can also watch Snow Buddies. What? Hey, why not? Just watch all three on the same day. That, that'll that be a great evening. And that's what we're going to cover <clears throat> for the next three weeks. Yes. Uh, and then of all the movies, this is uh, still on Friday. Like, there's a ton of stuff coming out on Friday. The only one that I would consider watching this Friday, but I've already seen it. I don't know that I'll see it again, <clears throat> is X-Men First Class. So this is... I think the first one, right? Like as the name would suggest, but it's, um, uh, this is like young Charles Xavier, young, uh, Magneto. Like, yeah, it's, it's like the younger, the young cast, but I think the first movie of that series, they Mm -hmm. did like a trilogy of movies with that cast. So, um, so yeah, this is the first of that series. And I like, I legit like those movies. I think they're kind of, you know, I don't know. They're probably like 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like half people like them, half people don't. I'm in the, I'm in the category of, I like them. Like especially the first class movie. I I thought was pretty good. So, um, yeah, that's a Fox property that's coming over to Disney plus finally this Friday. So, um, calm before the storm, man, it's going to hit on November the 12th, uh, Disney plus day. There's a ton of stuff, uh, releasing. We're not going to go over it in this episode because we've talked to, to death over the last couple episodes, but, uh, if you are not aware of what's coming out on November 12th, just Google it and just type in D- Disney plus day, uh, 2021. <clears throat> and, uh, there's a ton of stuff, ton of stuff coming out that happens to coincide with our 100th episode of the show. So I'm really excited about that. We're going to have a lot, a lot to talk about, um, on that episode. It's going to be a, a barn burner of an episode. <laughs> like it's going to be probably two and a half hours long. <clears throat> so lots of stuff to talk about then, but, um, of the list of stuff that's coming out on November 12th, I think I know what what your most anticipated is, Grant. Yeah, probably either the Home Alone 
movie or um, the Olaf. Yeah. Because um, Shang-Chi and Jungle Cruise, seen both of those already. So a lot of people are excited for those two movies. Um, I'm excited for them to come to Disney+. Plus, But, I mean, I've already seen them. So, yeah, we've seen them recently. So probably watch them again at some point, but not one of the main headlines that I'm really looking forward to. Well, Jungle Cruise, wasn't Jungle Cruise Premier Access? Yeah. And Shang-Chi was not. So, I mean, if, if, you, never, if you never saw Shang-Chi in theaters, this would be your first chance to watch it. Yep. But probably a lot of people already ponied up the uh, 30 bucks and watched Jungle Cruise already. Mm-hmm. So it's just coming for you know people who didn't do that. Um, but Shang-Chi will be new content for Disney plus and, um, home sweet home alone. But yeah, Olaf presents, man. Like I'm, (laughs) I know this is going to be short, but I'm legitimately, legitimately looking forward to watching those. I think they're going to be really funny. So, but there's a lot of stuff to watch this week, especially if you love puppies. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, tune into all that puppy love. Uh, thanks for listening to our show. Um, we, uh, do this for you. We do this for ourselves really. But we do this also for our listeners. Thank you for tuning in. Let us know you, what you want to hear about on the podcast or send us your own review of something that you've watched on Disney+. Plus. We'd love to include you in the show. The way to do that is email DisneyPlusReviews at Hotmail.com. That's P-L-U-S all spelled out. DisneyPlusReviews at Hotmail.com. Uh, next week, we already mentioned it, is The Eternals. Um, I know that's not coming to Disney+. Plus. It's not even available on Premier Access. But it's Marvel. It's Disney. We have to talk about it. We will do um, probably will we'll end up being a pretty short mm-hmm. non-spoiler review. I'm, I'm thinking 15, 20 minutes, probably just, yeah. hey, here's our general thoughts on it. If you're on the fence about going to the theater to go see this, here's what we think. You know, how, I, you know, is it worth your money is basically the, the conversation next week. Um, I'll try to, I, I might try to watch something else just so we have another topic. Uh, otherwise, it might be just kind of a shorter episode. And then episode... 100 get ready it's good that's gonna be a long one so uh there's gonna be a lot to talk about there any final thoughts grant no um you're excited about the eternals what's your last minute give the folks at home like your last minute thoughts so we can like compare this to i i'm worried (laughs) um all the all i've been seeing about like the previews that people have already and the reviews hit, that are coming hit me with in. It. I've avoided all that, but you're not gonna you're not gonna bother me if you tell me a couple things you read. The reviews are bad. Really? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. That that I'm I'm glad to know that actually because that kind of helps me like lower my expectations a little yeah. bit. <laughs> I definitely think that this one is going to be the first miss in a while <sighs> for Marvel. Okay. All right. See, I kind of, <clears throat> I kind of wondered if Black Widow was going to be like that. Yeah, but I liked Black Widow. Like, and I feel like, um, that's kind of why they were able to squeeze four Marvel movies into one year. Yeah, because this one, I feel like this one kind of is the one that nobody's going <laughs> to remember. Oh yeah, I I think it definitely has that. and want to forget. Yeah. I here's I, I don't know if the reviews the previews that you read back this up but my my final thought on this movie is get ready for some CGI man it's gonna be a freaking CGI fest like yeah. the whole movie so and I mean I hope it looks good all you need to know is one of the guys I can't remember if he plays Harold or Kumar 
oh, in, yeah, yeah. in those movies, but he's in it, so you know whenever you're getting that guy, you're it probably isn't going to be amazing. Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully, uh, it's Angelina Jolie, right? Yeah. Isn't it? Hopefully, she can um, <clears throat> bring the this height up a little bit. We shall see. Well, that's our la- la- final thoughts before we go into these journals. We're going to watch it here in a few days. So, um, thanks for tuning in. We'll uh, give you our non-spoiler thoughts on the movie on the other side uh, for the next episode. We'll talk to you then. 